I encourage you to read the talks once again and to ponder the messages contained therein. I found in my own life I gain even more from these inspired sermons when I study them in greater depth. The basic pattern is to identify the fundamental doctrine or principle that's being taught. Find any invitations associated with and related to that doctrine or principle. And then also recognizing the promised blessings if we act in accordance with that invitation. Welcome to Words of the Prophets, a podcast where we discuss the latest talks from the General Conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. My name is Todd, and today I have with me my daughter, Aaliyah. How are you today, Aaliyah? I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm doing very well as well. Um, I am still not living with my family, so that's really the main negative in my life right now. I'm a lonely bachelor. Um <laughs> I've become a walking cliche because if you open my fridge right now, you will find um, hot sauce, A1 sauce, pickles, and spicy chicken tenders, and that's it. That's the list. So, Wow. That sounds great. Can I come over? (laughs) That sounds pretty good. Yeah, that sounds exactly like it should be. (laughs) It sounds delicious is what it sounds like. (laughs) Yes, it does. Agreed. Uh, And how is uh, MTC teaching going, Aaliyah? It's going really well. It's super fun, very uplifting, learning a lot. Awesome. I love it. Well, good. Uh, We also have today with us Rivka. How are you today, Rivka? I'm doing really great. It's been a good good Saturday so far. (laughs) You had a very big life change in your family this week. You want to tell us about it? Yeah. Our son was set apart on Sunday as a full-time missionary, which has been really awesome. And so... Um, this week and next week, a lot of what he's doing is, um, getting his schedule for the foreseeable future set up of the places in the community he's working and with the temple, um, to be an ordinance worker and he's working in the laundry for part of it. So these, these first couple of weeks, that's what they do, but he's got a lot of places that he is, um, excited to be serving at in the community and who are so excited that he's there and are desperate for help all of them so pretty pretty awesome stuff i love it yeah um what would you say has been i know it's only been a week but has been the biggest change in your family since he was set apart um i think (laughs) we're just talking about this yesterday maybe the most unanticipated change was the um amount and type of instruction that Burke and I are receiving from the mm. on how to deal with, or not how to deal with it. That makes it sound bad, but you know, <laughs> as we, as we, because for service missionaries, they have very few mission rules, three, in fact, and no dating, no college, uh, no jobs. That's pretty much it. And the rest of the mission rule and scheduling, um, just all those things that missionaries do, you know, wake up, go to sleep schedules, all that, you know, companion study, personal study, all of that is created as, as Jack and we counsel together. So we're like involved in the process. And, um, yeah, for me, that's been really cool. We knew that was coming, but I have been surprised at the um, <laughs> I don't know, the frequency and sometimes the persistence with which Burke and I are receiving revelation about specific things. So it's been awesome. 
That's amazing. I love it. Yeah. What a blessing to have a dedicated full-time missionary in your home. Yeah. And we feel uh, it. We feel it in our home. It's mm-hmm. yeah, it's amazing. Now, uh, the missionary who did a service mission in our ward not too long ago, um, for part of his mission, he was encouraged to do BYU Pathways online. I, I don't know if that is an exception to the no college rule or each um, mission is different. It is. That first pathway year where it's kind of the four classes, that is a possibility. Yes. Okay. Um, and they are, at least in our mission area, they're they're encouraged, but heavily to attend institute classes as well during their mission. Oh, nice! As missionaries, so they get they get the chance to go, to go to institute and co- attend classes, and they're going as missionaries, tags and the whole deal. So, so cool. Yeah, really awesome. Well, yeah. now we both have missionaries out at the same time. <laughs> I know. So pretty cool. Well, I mean, those two missionaries did used to ride bikes to school together. So. <laughs> they did. They oh, did. that was so long ago. <laughs> Back when they were cute, cute little boys. Oh, I yeah. know. Uh, now they're they're men serving the Lord. Pretty cool. Yeah. Well, that was the voice of Burke. How are you today, Burke? I'm thoroughly enjoying a Saturday and excited to be here talking about conference as well. Awesome. Anything quick to add to what Rivka had to say about having a missionary in your home? She is so right about all those things. And even an interesting thing last night, uh, Jack and I were over um, enjoying a campfire with one of my friends from the elders quorum. And it was getting past nine o'clock. And all of a sudden, because we have talked about him having a set uh, set bedtime and we decided 10 p.m. for bed, six o'clock up in the morning. But at the same time, it seems like since we kind of make the rules, maybe they're kind of arbitrary, but I was sitting there in the spirit just very clearly said that he needed to go home so he could get ready for bed. And I looked at my watch and I was like, I still got a little time. And you know, this is a good wholesome activity and would it really matter that much? And I gave it about five minutes of trying to justify it. And finally just said, yeah, I leaned over to Jack and I said, Hey Jack, you need to go ahead and head home. And he had his own vehicle. So, and he gave me a hug and he left. And then I told Rivka about it this morning. And she said, I had the exact same prompting at nine twelve last night. <laughs> and then, kind of waited to see what was going to happen. And then he walked in the door not too long later. And it's interesting to me that something as small as that can even matter, but clearly it did. And so I was glad that I was obedient to it and it's fun to be part of that process. Yeah. I love it. What's the scripture about um, keeping the plates polished or whatever, like even the small things matter to the Lord. So awesome. Okay. Well, that is fantastic, and I look forward to hearing lots of great stories about having a missionary in your home. Yeah. And now we're going to turn our attention to the talk Hosanna to the Most High God by Elder Ronald A. Rasband. Um, if I can, uh, if you'll indulge me on a miniature rant here, I love the title. Um, one thing I wish we had more of in our church culture is just like praise and worship that is not, um, oh, What's the right word? Not that it's not. That is very jubilant. Um, and, uh, you know, I come, I grew up in the South. The South, for those who are not from the U.S. who are listening, you know, that tends to be a, a very um, active and vibrant and sometimes loud Christian culture. So I love a good amen. I love a good hallelujah. If we could, I would jump up in the middle of the church and shout amen. If we could. <laughs> 
do a little bit of swaying and, and clapping during our choir songs, that would do it. Um, <laughs> so sometimes I just want to shout Hosanna and that's it. You know, I don't, I don't need all the rest of it. I just want to shout Hosanna. So I love this title, Hosanna to the Most High God. Uh, that speaks to my soul. So, um, but let's talk about the doctrine here. And Aaliyah, what was the fundamental doctrine you found in this talk? Um, there's a couple things that I thought were really like, I don't know. There's a lot of different ideas that he talks about in this talk, but ultimately it's kind of an Easter talk. And so I would say there's a section where he's talking about the resurrection and he says, three days later, he stepped forth from that tomb resurrected as he had prophesied. And so I think that is... Um, one of the fundamental doctrines that is in this talk. Okay, tell me more about that. How is that a fundamental doctrine? Um, well, the resurrection is pretty central to our belief and our faith. Um, it's something that Christ himself prophesied would happen. It's something that like a lot of the prophets before him prophesied would happen and then it's something that all the prophets after him testified about um so clearly it's important and i think if christ can overcome something as um final and overwhelming as death then he can overcome anything else in our lives and so i think that's why it's fundamental awesome um this comes from your fundamental doctrine comes from a section of his talk where he actually says, let us look at some of the eternal doctrine that weaves through the Savior's ministry, concluding in Jerusalem. And this was the fourth item, the atonement of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. um, and so the, the resurrection is an integral part of the overall whole of the atonement. So, yeah. Awesome. Okay, great. Well, let's move on to Rivka. What was the fundamental doctrine you picked out? <laughs> well, um, I'm going to follow your pattern and beg a little indulgence because mm -hmm. my thought on this is a, is a little bit long and then I will leave the rest of the podcast to the three of you. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I had an experience this week. I learned something and it blew my mind. Um, so, and this is going to be very um, Paul Harvey esque for those who don't know, he's like an American radio personality had a talk show and he was famous for his, this is the rest of the story. And he would tell backstories on things that people knew. So as I was reading this, one of the things that um, he initially, like in the beginning of the talk, Elder Esmond, he's talking about um, an experience he had in Ghana. And he says, we welcome the Gamanse. I'm going to slaughter this. His Majesty King Nitaki Teiko Tsuru II of Accra, Ghana, who is with us today. Um, and I thought, I don't know anything about the ruler of Ghana. So I like Google them thinking I was just going to Wikipedia and learn a little bit. Um, okay, pause. Here is the, here is the doctrine in this talk that um, this whole story showed me. He shares the, um, the parable of the 10 virgins. And then Elder Rasben says, Oil comes from believing and acting on prophecy and the words of living prophets. President Nelson, in particular, his counselors and the 12 apostles. Our oil fills our souls when we hear and feel the Holy Ghost and act on that divine guidance. And what I didn't expect in looking up 
um, the Gamanse was the story, his story of being at conference and how he actually did this very thing. So um, first, a sort of preface quote that is from the talk that Sister Sherry Dew, who's a former Relief Society presidency member, gave at women's conference this May. Um, she says this, now a few words about prophets. I declare without reservation that the most important words being spoken on earth today are those from prophets, seers, and revelators. Some of their words are to worldwide congregations and others to an audience of one or two, but their words always have power. During a recent meeting with President Nelson, I had a chance to scan an extensive document that lists the dignitaries with whom he has met since becoming president of the church. It was an impressive list of ambassadors, religious leaders, and more. I asked the president how many on the list he had invited to come, and he said, quote, none of them. Each of these individuals requested an audience with the first presidency at church headquarters. End quote. Surely Isaiah's prophecy that the Lord's church would be established in the top of the mountains and that all nations would flow unto it is coming to pass before our very eyes. So <laughs> I'm making an assumption here that his name, depending on when that meeting was, would have been on that list because her because women's conference happened after general conference. Um, but I'm sure the pattern continued. So so this leadership in Ghana requested to come visit the first presidency um, and, and church headquarters. Then I, um, when I, when I Googled and I did read some Wikipedia stuff, but I also ran across um, a church newsroom article about his visit with general conference. And um, this is what it said. Uh, well, he visited church headquarters. He was here April 2nd through the 5th, 2023. During his visit, he had the opportunity to tour Welfare Square and Brigham Young University, but the highlight of his visit came when attending the church's April 2023 general conference and a meeting with the First Presidency. At the Sunday afternoon session of the conference, Elder Ronald A. Rasband of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles welcomed the Gamanse from the pulpit. Um, okay, now, <laughs> I know this feels pieced together, but this is kind of the adventure that I went on. So um, for any of you who don't know this, all the the um, First Presidency, the Quorum of the Twelve, and all the general church leadership um, presidencies have social media pages. And after general conference, each of them posts something, usually a quote about what they spoke about and maybe an expanded idea. So this is what Elder Rasband posted after this session of general conference. I don't use the term miracle lightly, but I believe this word describes an experience I had during general conference weekend better than any other. During my general conference address on Sunday, I shared an experience I had in Ghana a few years ago when I witnessed the goodness of believers in that country as they showed their faith in Jesus Christ through their words, actions, and songs of praise on Palm Sunday. I decided months ago that I wanted to talk about this experience during my general conference address. Now imagine my astonishment when I learned Saturday evening that the Gamanse was in Salt Lake City. And then imagine my surprise that he was scheduled to attend a general conference attend general conference during the Sunday morning session, but I was scheduled to speak in the afternoon session. 
I quickly recognized the Lord's hand in this unexpected opportunity. I requested an audience with His Majesty before the Sunday morning session. I shared with him that my remarks in the afternoon session would include a significant mention of his wonderful country. I invited him to consider attending the afternoon session as well. I was thrilled when he graciously agreed to rearrange his schedule in order to attend. In my conversations since General Conference, many have told me they assumed I had invited the King to be present for this address. The truth is, I had no idea he was going to be there, and he had no idea I would be talking about my admiration for the citizens of his country. However, I firmly believe that the Lord knew. Jesus Christ directs the affairs of his church. I am grateful to be an instrument in his hands. And then, whoever this reporter was for the church news interviewed the Gamonse after conference. And this is what he said. Uh, King Takite Kotsuru was grateful to hear this welcome from Elder Rasband, who has been to Accra several times. The king, who was also inspired by words of church president Russell M. Nelson, who spoke twice over the two days of the conference. President Nelson's remarks focused on seeking peace. Quote, I think that the teachings of Jesus Christ, I saw it alive in these words, said the Gamanse. For me, that is what General Conference meant. My people that I came with have been very excited because we have quite a number of disputes in Accra, but we are going back with a new dimension, a new vision, and a new mission. Um, And as I read that this week, I was just kind of overcome <laughs> with this reminder that while well, President Nelson is is the president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, he is God's prophet to the world. And the the story behind part of part of behind this talk is that this leadership from Accra Ghana who is dealing with disruption and distress in their country, I have to believe that they're concerned about it. He speaks like a believer of Christ and and came to Salt Lake seeking a, you know, a meeting and probably counsel from a religious leader and accepted the invitation to come to General Conference, two sessions, listened to it, and he and his people received guidance and, and inspiration and excitement and are going home with with plans and ideas for how to use the teachings in the gospel of Jesus Christ to help their country. I mean, is that the most astonishing story? That is pretty amazing. And yeah, (laughs) something I never would have dug up. So that's pretty impressive, Rivka, that you, you found all that. Well, yeah, I think there was a lot of spiritual direction there. But back to this quote where he says, oil comes from believing and acting on prophecy and the words of the living prophets. The the king of this area of Ghana and his people did that. And as a result of this conference, they they sat at the feet of the prophet and the apostles and they learned from them and they're going forth to act. So he, in this one little mention here that they have of him, is an example of exactly what Elder Rasband is teaching in this talk. So there's my, there's my thing. And now you guys can take it away. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I don't even know where to go from there. That was pretty impressive. Um, so your fundamental doctrine was from the part of the talk that talks about the 10 virgins. And, and he talks about oil there. So just repeat the one line that you said again about the oil. 
Oil comes from believing and acting on prophecy and the words of living prophets. Uh, He then says, oil fills our souls when we hear and feel the Holy Ghost and act on that divine guidance. You know, which as we're learning to apply it, which is sort of his thing, the Hosanna, I mean, Hosanna to the most high God, but he talks about um, that Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem and the events of the week that followed exemplify doctrine we can apply in our lives today. So this whole pattern is is what the Gamonse did. That's what I learned in this story. Amazing. And I love your insight that he is the prophet of the world, not just the president of the church. That's pretty Yeah. And I mean, so. I think it's pretty clear that the Lord spoke to these leaders of this nation um, in, in guiding them because they came you know, whether or not he believes President Monson is a prophet, he he clearly sees him as a, a genuine religious leader and came to counsel with him, you know. So he came and he hear, heard what the prophet had to say and he's going forth to act with that. It's incredible. Awesome. I love it. Thank you, Rivka. Um, a couple things to add to that. Uh, one, it's kind of funny that you mentioned Paul Hervey because I was changing the settings of my microphone before you logged on and I was talking to Burke and I chose one called Warm and Vintage. And I said, that's the rest of the story. Yeah. <laughs> he absolutely did. You were warming up for it. Yep. Um, and then if you are ever reading a talk or scriptures or whatever, this is like just a practical tip. Um, so say you want to look up this guy um, who you may not have heard of, His Majesty King, and then the rest of his name that I will never pronounce correctly. <laughs> if you highlight it, in the app and then you choose define from the pop-up menu it'll google whatever you just highlighted yeah um so i love highlighting a whole verse and then hitting that and then it'll take me to one of these you know bible websites where it has different um translations and things or somebody's name or something along those lines so um just a practical tip and then um one spiritual thought I had while you were um, talking, Ripka, uh, where he talks about letting the oil pour into our souls. He says oil fills our souls. Mm-hmm. Um, I One of my favorite scriptures is in Omni 1, verse 26, and it says, come unto him and offer your whole soul as an offering. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot about pouring out your whole soul. One of the offerings that they used to do in the old testament was to pour oil um on the altar mm-hmm. and I, I think about pouring out yourself so you can receive what the lord has to give back to you so mm. um i think those pair really well together hand in hand so i love that idea of um, letting the oil fill our souls so that's amazing well uh burke we're out of time sorry we'll uh talk to you next time <laughs> i think that everyone has been uh filled so I have no more oil to offer. <laughs> Indeed, but we actually still do have a little time. So tell us what <laughs> your fundamental doctrine was. All right. So this is a great fundamental doctrine that is not only one of my favorite scriptures, but also a President Nelson quote. So two in one. <laughs> yes. He says here. That's amazing. He says here, President Nelson referred to Isaiah who spoke of the Savior's promising Quote, I will never forget you, unquote, with these words, quote, behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands, unquote. And that scripture resonates with my soul. Whenever I'm in a moment in life where I'm feeling like maybe I've been forgotten, 
or maybe he doesn't care. I remember that he literally bears the marks of his love for me on his hands. And, uh, yeah. Beautiful, Burke. Uh, thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. Well, um, that he refers to not just waving your, you know, palm fronds as the, at the savior's triumphal entry, but, um, you know, thinking of the marks in the palms of his hands. And then he goes on from there and he talks about four different doctrines of the savior's final week, the Holy week. And we talked about number four, which is the atonement of Christ. And then he went on the extensive discussion of the parable, which we talked about. There were three other doctrines. So let's go through those just uh, quickly. So Aaliyah, let's start with you. The first one was prophecy. What did you learn from that section? Um, let me find it real fast. Prophecy is something that is a common thread through all of scripture. Um, not just the existence of it, but the constant reaffirmation of it. Uh, like God's promises always come true. Period. End of story. Final. Like that. that it over and over and over again. We see that in the scriptures. So there was a specific prophecy about the triumphal entry. Um, about riding in on a donkey, and that, of course, is exactly what happened. So just another instance of even like a small thing, like it, like it doesn't really matter to us now. I don't know. Maybe that was a symbol or something back then. I'm not sure, but like it seems like a small thing. Like it's just a donkey, but God is willing to give us lots of signs and little like things to kind of point us. Um, in the right direction and so a small prophecy like this that is so random <laughs> um, is just another indication that Jesus is the Christ and the Son of God. Awesome I love it thank you. Um, Rivka how about you in the second section the companionship of the Holy Ghost what did you learn about the doctrine there? I thought I was done haven't you guys heard me talk a lot enough? <laughs> the companion- Never enough. <laughs> The companionship of the Holy Ghost. Um, I think I, let's see. They, oh, when, <laughs> there's like big ideas in here. Um, Joseph Smith taught, no man can know that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Um, and then it talks about the, the apostles as the savior was um, during speaking to them during the last supper before his crucifixion resurrection. And it said they would not be alone to carry the truths of the gospel forward, but would have the consummate gift of the Holy ghost to guide them. And we have that same gift as we carry the truth of the gospel forward on our own covenant path and the lives of our family and in our homes. And, you know, as we, as we share them with the world. So that's pretty cool. That is cool. I feel like we could spend a lot more time on each of these, but (laughs) um, unfortunately we don't have time. So we'll go to the third one, Burke, uh, discipleship. I'll just read a little bit from that paragraph. He says, true discipleship is unfailing commitment, obedience to eternal laws and love of God first and foremost. And uh, yeah, later in the paragraph, he says, Hosanna. And that's what I would say after that statement, just uh, be fully committed and be obedient. And love God first and foremost. And the great part of that being that if you really love God first and foremost, then the unfailing commitment and the obedience come much easier, I think. Yeah. 
And he said at the end, some who had earlier shouted Hosanna soon turned and cried, crucify him. And I think about this a lot. I've, I've seen a lot of people who seemed at moments in their life to be incredibly devoted and faithful who eventually leave the church. And I often just think, well, how can I avoid that? Um, yeah. We have to constantly fill our lamps with oil, right? It's not enough to just get one big, you know, barrel of oil. You, you have to constantly be working on that and, and going back to the well and, and getting more eternal water. I mixed my metaphors there, but you know what I mean? We got to, <laughs> it's a constant process. You can, you can never stop. So, okay. Let's talk about some invitations and promised blessings. Some of them we sort of alluded to already, um, particularly with the oil. Um, he invited us to fill our oil and gave us some promised blessings of what happens when we do that. Um, so Aaliyah, what other promised blessings and invitations did you find here? Um, I found one that was just a promised blessing and it's the words of the savior. And he says, I will never forget you. And so that, that was one that I highlighted. <laughs> oh, I love it. Have you had a time where you were reminded that the Savior will never forget you? Um, it usually comes in the little things, just like um, him speaking my language and remind, giving me revelation and uh, helping me feel comforted or uplifted or empowered or whatever it is that I'm needing at that time. It's usually the small things. Okay, awesome. Um, there was an invitation in here that felt like it was a direct call to repentance for me. So I'm going to go ahead and read it. It said, if some of you are looking to fill what some call a bucket list, this is it. Fill your bucket with oil in the form of the living water of Jesus Christ. Hey, he mixed his metaphors too. I didn't realize that. <laughs> um, now I'm in good company. All right. Yeah. Um, which is a representation of his life and teachings. In contrast, checking off a far off place or a spectacular event will never leave your soul feeling whole or satisfied. <clears throat> Living the doctrine taught by Jesus Christ will. I mentioned examples earlier, so he's giving us his invitations. Embrace prophecy and prophetic teachings. Act on promptings of the Holy Ghost. Become a true disciple and seek the healing power of our Lord's atonement that bucket list will take you somewhere you want to go back to your father in heaven. So rather than seeking a far off, you know, travel destination, seek the far off kingdom of heaven as your bucket list item. Now I'm certainly not, I hope that I'm not replacing those spiritual bucket list things with temporal bucket list things. But one of my favorite things in the world is traveling. I love it so much. And Deanna and I, live to see somewhere new and exciting and experiencing a far off place um, and spectacular events. So um, I got to ruminate on that a bit more and make sure that I'm not focusing too much on that and too little on my, my spiritual bucket list. But uh, I definitely felt some conviction there as I read through that. So um, Rivka, any other invitations or promises? No, the bucket list one was the one that I underlined too. You did. Okay. And um, did you also feel convicted or you just felt like it was a good metaphor? Um, no, I felt a little convicted too. You know, <laughs> priorities. Indeed. Priorities. Burke, any, any other invitations or anything to add? 
Well, I did not feel convicted at that because I don't even like to travel and I don't really have bucket list stuff. So I was like, yes. <laughs> um, but so I, true. yeah, to, to those of you out there who perhaps like me sometimes feel a little daunted by all the things, even in this one talk that he's expecting of us. I like the very last paragraph. He says, I leave you my I leave with you my blessing as an apostle of Jesus Christ that you will diligently strive to live righteously and be among those who, with palms in their hands, will herald the Son of God, the great Redeemer of us all. And so he blessed us with, I think, a little more ability to do that. And I'm grateful for it. I love it. Beautiful. What, it wasn't even attached to an invitation. It just gave us the promised blessing. Gave us a blessing. Yep. Awesome. Well, that'll wrap up this talk. The next one we're going to discuss is The Imperfect Harvest by Elder Vern P. Stanfill of the 70. In the meantime, if you want to get a hold of us, Aaliyah is going to tell you how. You can email us at wordsoftheprophetspodcast.gmail.com or you can message us or comment on our Instagram and Facebook, Words of the Prophets Podcast. So thanks for joining us today. And until next time, keep the faith. If we teach by the Spirit, and you listen by the Spirit, some one of us will touch on your circumstance, sending a personal prophetic epistle just to you.